Stonecutters Podcast, Aaron Hankins. Will Cat. In the building. In the building. Good, sir. How are you doing this, this <laughs> fine night? <laughs> I'm laughing, bro. You know, I need my shades. I don't have my shades for the night. Put I my mean, shades on, activating. Yeah, put your shades on, bro, because this, this, podcast, this podcast is strictly about you, okay? I need to know how was the trip in New York. You need to break it down for us. We need, we need to know everything because you was just in the art gallery and you just had an exhibit. You know what I'm saying? We seeing your background and everything that you got going on. So you need to break it down. Where is Aaron at in his life? right now where am i at in my life right now i am at a i've just i've just passed through a threshold okay and and what i what i'm learning is is that through our lives we pass through thresholds all the time and sometimes they are not monumental and then other times they are beyond monumental Mm -hmm. and my artwork going from my garage and going to Radio City Music Hall, Rockefeller Center, you know, 50th on 50th and 6th Ave, Avenue of America's like for the art to end up in a space over there is, I mean, it's something that I wrote down, uh, you know, like the, the shower notes that I had, like at the top 10 things that I wanted in my life. Mm. was to have was to have art in a gallery and this was like number three mm-hmm. o- on the list of top 10 things of like career achievements that i wanted you know so this is this is pretty major so to to back up for for new listeners to the stonecutters podcast um i was a part of a nike craft wear tester program and it was a, almost a six-month program you know we started back in december and every Monday we met with Tom Sachs, world-renowned artist and sculptor on mm-hmm. Zoom calls. And part of it was we were wearing sneakers and we were wear testing these sneakers, but it was really about Tom teaching us about art and how he learned about art. And he wanted to change the way that people thought of themselves as being artists. You know, like I have the program from the show, um, from the art show that, I, that, that I'm in. It, it's it will it's still going on it's from uh june 25th was was opening night of the 26th until july 25th so it'll be up for an entire month in new york oh, so um, i get get to see it yeah you, yeah if yeah you're going to new york you're, you're gonna see it it's gonna be awesome yeah. um so yeah we were we were we were testing these shoes out but tom was really about teaching us about art and um, uh, about a month left in the program, about a month, maybe a month and a few weeks ago, Tom told uh, all the wear testers that had been doing these challenges on Instagram, you know, um, walk somewhere you would normally drive, um, you know, all these different conceptual art pieces, all these different challenges that he had us do. He was just like, hey, well, you know, I'm going to have an art show and I want to have I want to have everybody's art in the show. And the name of the show is Endurance Will. And mm-hmm. there was a, there was a book that, that that we read as a part of like Tom Sachs's required reading, which was uh, the, the story of Ernest Shackleton and the voyage to the South Pole. And Shackleton uh, was trying to be the first person to get to the South Pole. And he took an expedition. He took a voyage and it took um, a year 
for his team to get down there and they got lost and then they couldn't actually make it. But nobody at the, at the end of the, the story, nobody ended up dying on the voyage. And it was this story of endurance of like continuing to press on and, and moving on. Even when the ship sank, they kept going. And then when they lost all their supplies, they kept going and they just, they kept moving. And Tom really took the pandemic and us all being isolated and taught us about art. And it was just like an online art course and me mm. and you through me and you through the podcast we'd already been you you're like i want to share my art and i want to share my craft and i think that you know like from our first couple episodes of the podcast until now i feel like i've matured as an artist and i've i feel more legitimate as an artist as a sculptor as a conceptual artist as a intermedia artist is another name um for the kind of art that i do so um, you can see in the background here that this um, this is a planet. And Tom asked us to build a planet and it's, it's made out of things that were, that were around me. So I had a roll of duct tape and I took some dirt from the yard and I filled it with nuts and bolts and it weighs about eight pounds and it's a medicine ball. So during these, um, during these wear tester challenges, we were also like doing exercises with this ball, but I have a, a stand over here and I, I I'm, I'm really interested in something called process art. And mm -hmm. so every day that I pick this ball up and I put it back over here, I, I'm not going to put it back in the same exact place. So I take a picture of it. So I have a picture, 140 pictures of that planet so i've i built it 140 days ago and i'm taking a picture of it every day to sort of show the show how it disintegrates over time because you know everything eventually you know d you know fades away into nothing yeah. so mm. so so um mm. yeah i i got into the planet there so um yeah i submitted a piece of artwork for the show uh sent in directions how to hang it and Tom really worked with, I think there was about a hundred people that, that had, that had items in the exhibition and, you know, talked to us about like, why do you, what do you want to hang in the, in the gallery? Why is it important to you? How does it connect with the wear tester program? How does it connect with conceptual art? There was mm -hmm. a lot of people that just wanted to show the sneaker and they were like, Hey, can I just put the sneaker on my art? And Tom was really like, no, like, like, show us more. So, so the piece of art that I made was, um, it fit inside of a FedEx box. So this is a, it's just a FedEx box here, but the, the story goes is that, uh, I get mail from, from Tom Sachs studio, you know, like when you buy something and it would come in a FedEx box. So I saved one of those FedEx boxes and then I cut, uh, pieces of poster board and made like a map that kind of folds up and fits inside the box. And this map hangs on the wall. So when you see it at Rockefeller Center, uh, you're going to see this eight panel map that's connected with gaffer's tape, which is all I had at the, at the time. And all mm -hmm. these different maps and collages. And you're going to see 120 pictures of that planet, sort of how it matured from the first day that I made it until uh the day that i shipped it off to the art show see it, you you kind of just the the whole piece is really about growth and progression and mm -hmm. consist and consistency you know I, I took a copy of one of my line drawings uh i'm on day you know 435 
straight days of doing this endurance art piece. So I took one of those sheets with all the line drawings on it and I included that in the work. Um, so Will uh, flew out on Wednesday night, um, landed on Thursday in New York, uh, got to go to a Noguchi Museum. Uh, Asama Noguchi is a sculptor that Tom's influenced by and he had a he has a museum that's de dedicated completely to his own art in Long Island. And if you're going to be in New York for a little bit of time, I'm going to highly suggest that you go visit it. Mm -hmm. um, Friday, I met up with a, a bunch of like-minded, you know, people that enjoy Tom Sachs art that we had all connected over the internet and we finally got to meet in person. Um, and then I got to the show and like, it's, it's five o'clock and the door opens and I just walk in and I, and it's, it's a, um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to give you, it's probably 50 feet long and it's probably 20 feet wide, um, marble floors, um, just white walls. Um, they've got spot, spotlights kind of shining up against the walls. Um, we presented our art in what's called salon style. So it's where the art is like, you know, an inch apart. So it's all the art is kind of packed in, but, mm -hmm. be but because we're all talking about the same subject, and the same topics, it, it, all of the work is kind of, kind of cohesive, you know, mm -hmm. it kind of, it kind of flows. So, um, I was there, um, I saw Tom, me and him, we hugged, we, we dapped it up. He was just like, mm -hmm. yo, like, you know, he saw what I was wearing. He took a picture of my fanny pack and posted it on Instagram. And, um, I invited one of my Nike coworkers who, who was living in New York and, mm -hmm. um, he, he left Nike, he went to get his MBA in New York. So I was inside the gallery and I stepped outside and he turns the corner and he has a paper bag in his hand, Will. And he hands me this paper bag and I'm just like, yo, what's this? And it's a bottle of champagne. And I'm just like, at that point, Will, I'm just like, yes, thank you to Carlos. And I'm like, look, there's Tom Sachs. He's standing right over there. And so Tom had stood, he's Tom's in front of the, in front of the art space. And he's like, just starting the Instagram live. And he's just like, Hey, and he's like, Hey, Aaron, come over here. So I got this bottle of champagne in my hand. I pulled the paper bag off of it and I'm like walking over to Tom. And I'm like, yo, Tom, like, let's, let's get ready. Like, let's, let's open this. And he's like, Oh, don't mm -hmm. open it just yet. And mm -hmm. he, inter and he's like, Hey, Aaron, um, I'm here Instagram live. You know, we're here at the show, Endurance. You know, I'm here with the star of the wear testers, Aaron. And I'm just like, thank you. And he's just like, all right, let's let's go look at the line. So then he goes and looks at the line. And then he goes inside the show and he does like Instagram live. And he like looks at everybody else's work. And um, Will, wild story. Um, I, in uh, Portland, mm -hmm. I, would go to, I would go to the coffee shop and I would see this, I would see this uh, older Asian gentleman come in every so often and he was always fashionable and one day he came in he was wearing a trench coat and it had like this uh fatigue kind of thing but it was cashmere and it was clean and i saw the guy and i said hey that's a nice jacket and he's like thank you and then a few days later i saw him again and i was like hey like that was a really cool jacket and he was like yeah it was cdg and i was like okay cdg you know calm de garcon like Mm -hmm. but um so then i asked the guy at the coffee shop and i was like who is that and it's like oh that's john jay so i looked this guy up john jay and john jay is the chief creative officer at uniqlo and mm -hmm. he used to he used to work at wyden and kennedy 
Mm-hmm. And he he connected Tom Sachs with Mark Parker. Mm-hmm. And he connected Kanye with Mark Parker. Mm-hmm. And he's a connector. So I'm in New York and I'm in the gallery space. And I look over and Tom Sachs is talking to John Jay. And I and I walk over and I'm like, John Jay. And he's like, hey, I know you. And I'm like, yeah, I'm from Portland. And he's like, oh, and he's like, you work at Nike. And I was like, yeah. And my friend DeCarlos is there. And I'm like, can you take a picture? John Jay, like you're you're at the, the art show. And I just started talking to him. And I'm like, hey, like, you know, I've been following you for a little bit. And I know that you work at Uniqlo. And he has, a, Will, this is wild. He has a place in Tokyo. He has a place in Portland. And he mm-hmm. has a place in New York. And he's always bouncing between those three places. So mm-hmm. he's either in New York, he's in Portland, or he's in Tokyo. So mm-hmm. while I was in New York, I just got that sense that like, I'm, I'm from Philly and that just getting back into New York and being there for four days and just like, it just re-energized like my city, like, like me as like a city boy and just like yeah. the smells and the, mm-hmm. the, the, the energy and the creativity. So show ends, at, show ends at eight o'clock will, and then we go up to the roof. We go to the rooftop of Rockefeller center and you look one way and it's the empire state building. And then you look the other way and I think it's like Central Park or something. And we just get up to the top and like, I'm just taking it all in, man. I'm just, I tell you, I had brought out a little camera and I was just recording just the scene of everything. They were playing some music. I was trying to tell them to turn the music up. They didn't want to turn the music up. Um, I just, I recognized it for what it was. And mm-hmm. I was, I was living in the moment and um, I knew that the, I, I didn't want the night to end, you know, so I still had this bottle of champagne. So I go over to the bartender and I'm like, Hey, like, I don't want to cause a scene. Can I, can I open this bottle? And she's just like, uh, I have to ask my manager. And I was like, okay. And I was like, can I just have like a cup of ice then? Cause I was just going to do it away from her. I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to do it out in the open. And she yeah. was like, uh, and I was like, just don't even worry about it. Like, I'll just do it later. So we hung out, like, uh, took a shot of Mezcal with Tom. So like when we got up to the roof, like he, he, he like he drinks Mezcal, which is like a mm-hmm. form of tequila and it, and somebody got him a bottle somehow at the top. So I had the mm-hmm. champagne at the bottom. He had that at the top. Um, I met his, his mom and his dad. He introduced me to his dad. Mm-hmm. which was and I gave his dad a compliment you know like all fathers love the compliment of like you know you've raised a great child and I told his dad I was like you know you, I don't know if anybody's told you this today but you raised a, a great son a leader you know I, like I just you know like me like that's the like I, I want to give that to somebody so right. um we're up there till about 11 and then um everybody's just t- seems to be kind of tired and DeCarlos and his friend, um, they were with me and I was like, yo, let's just keep going out. So we, we went back to my hotel. We went up to the rooftop, opened the champagne, looked out over the city, reminisced. So DeCarlos was there with me, Will, at day, day zero at Nike, day one, when I first started and he was like the first guy, he worked in my department and I would just be like, mm-hmm. yo, do you know about Tom Sachs? And he was like, not really. And I'm like, let me tell you. Right. And, you know, he's in the film, the, 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 the original film that I made, he, he was in that. So he left like right in 2019 and he, during the pandemic, he got his MBA in New York and now he's working in New York, but he just was like, Aaron, I remember when this was just an idea in your head mm-hmm. or when 
Will when he would just like he looked on the he looked around and he saw all these people wearing the 2.5s, but they were all beat up and dirty. And he was like, Aaron, I remember you getting those overshoes and wanting people to beat their shoes up. And now there's like a room full of people and they're and they're all like just like they're they're indoctrinated they're and they're a community and like they all are like giving and generous with each other like we all like stickers and we give people we give each other stickers or like mm. we make patches and we give each other patches so um saturday hung out with de carlos rooftop in the you know like with just a bunch of stanford alum and and de carlos was introducing me to them he's like i used to work with aaron at nike and he's an artist and they're just like, yo, if you're an artist, like, let's see your work. Like, I want to buy something. So, you know, and telling them like, hey, if you want to go see my work, like it's, you know, it's up till July, you know, 24th, 50th and 6th Ave. Will, it's across the street from Rockefeller Center. It's on the same side of the street as Rockefeller Center. Mm-hmm. And it's it's between Radio City Music Hall and The Tonight Show. So where those two two places are, there's a little like art gallery or just like an open space and, 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 and our, my work, you know, things that you inspired me to do, you know, are in that space. And when Tom called out that place, he was like, I want us to share our art at the media center of the world, you know, Radio City Music Hall, Rockefeller Center, like, so I will. I was on Friday night. I stayed out till like five. Like mm-hmm. I just was like, okay, we're going to drink champagne. We're going to drink mezcal. Tom likes mezcal. I'm drinking champagne. We're just going to go back and forth. And then Saturday and then Sunday, I went back to the space and did some Instagram lives and was sharing people's art. Like there was a lot of people that couldn't come. And I felt really privileged to be able to be there and experience it and take pictures and photos and got like all these instant camera shots and will. I mean, you're, you're familiar with this. Like people ask me for my autograph. Um, people will, people, people were like, Hey, you, you may not remember this, but I reached out to your Instagram page and I, you know, like I asked you a question and you inspired me and I kept going and I'm just like, I mean, what, what else can I say, man? Will, what, what I mean, yeah, like it, it, it happened. Like it's happening, so, you so, know. <laughs> so how someone's listening to this whole story, right? How do you break that down when it comes to our motto, when it comes to the stone cutter? Because you were saying that your buddy said he remembered when this was just an idea in your mind. And now you debuted your artwork, you know, at one of the epicenters, right? But at the same time, we were just having a conversation not too long ago of you being hesitant on stepping into that space and even calling yourself an artist. Yeah. So someone that is listening to this right now, how would you unpack that for them? Quickly, um, when I got the shoes, I had an idea and I had a vision and I probably didn't know it at the time, but I wanted to meet Tom Sachs and I wanted to be different. And the minute that I got the shoes, I started to 
create content because I knew that I wanted to make a film. And there was a lot of conviction and a lot of vision behind that. Like I got the shoes knowing that I was going to make a film. So then I started capturing content, right? And then the pandemic happened. And when the pandemic happened, it forced me to make the film. And the film came at the same time that Tom was doing ISRU. And I took the momentum of the film into ISRU and the line drawing. And the line drawing was open to everybody. Tom, you know, Tom's got 300,000 Instagram followers and he's just like, hey, do as many push-ups as you can, draw a line, make an X. The next day, try to make the line as close to the one above it. And out of all the people in the world that could have done it, you know, there was probably 10 or 15 that did it. And mm -hmm. I was one of the, and I was one of those people and mm -hmm. I continued to do it, not knowing that it was going to turn into an art show, but just doing right. it because for me, it was, it was health. It was therapeutic. And through doing it every day, it gave me the confidence. It was, it's just like chipping away at the stone mm -hmm. and re revealing and breaking off these pieces and understanding that I am an artist and that underneath these, these pieces that are breaking away are doubt, they're mm. negative thoughts, they're, they're all of the, these attachments that, that we have or all these things that are like, well, I can't be, you know, like the, the conditional would have been like, okay, well, I'm not going to be an artist until I have a show in New York. Like if I have a show in Portland, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be an artist in, until I had a show in LA or until I had a show somewhere else. Well, I've had a show or I've had my artwork presented in one of those places that now removes all the conditionals. And then the universe, it just kept, it keeps nudging me. Like people are just like, yo, I want to buy this. I want to buy something from you. Like, you know, multiple times when I was in New York, people were like, they are interested. If I were to make something, they want to own a piece of it. So that to me is like, it's to, it's, and it evolved. I think that I use the line drawing as something that I could rely on day in and day out to, to continue with my practice. You know, with some people it's prayer with other people, it can be journaling, but it's about finding something that you can do daily as a consistent, constructive practice. You know, like as I'm doing the push up, like, yeah, I'm probably getting stronger physically like very incrementally like maybe less than one percent but mentally like every time i'm doing it it's like it's compounding because i'm taking the energy from yesterday and i'm just adding another layer to it and i'm and i'm adding another day to to the number of days consecutively that i've done something which inc it increases my mental stamina which means that when i need to turn something around quick fast well i've 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 endured doing something every day for 400 or 500 days, yeah, I can do this 30 day thing, no problem. It, it mm -hmm. gives you that confidence because you do something every day. Like you probably speak to yourself in the shower every day. That's why you speak with the confidence that you and the conviction that you speak with, mm -hmm. right? And I think that we all, I do the line drawing and the push up, but it's like, if we, if people that are listening to this podcast, take a moment to think about something that you do every day that is positive and it is constructive in your life and start remembering and taking receipt of how often you do it and, and, and start like, you know, like get to Cal Ripken, you know, like see how many days in a row that you can end up doing something. And that is what gives you the confidence to, 
I don't know, be your, be your authentic self to, to, to get to where you want to go to, to for the universe, to, to align you with what your intentions are. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. One thing I like what you said about chipping at the stone was it's knocking away that doubt. You know, it's almost like refining yourself. And the only way that you can knock away that doubt or that self-sabotaged or, you know, the thoughts of maybe I'm not good enough, maybe it's not my time, is the consistency of constantly doing something over and over and over and over again. It's like that repetition, that repetition of you doing that repetition thing over and over and over again, it gives you confidence. I know like for me, when I'm, you know, have to study for a film or a TV show, I like to print things out. I have a binder, you know, I start breaking it down. I have my schedule, you know, and the more that I'm going over it, you know, it gives me the confidence that when I show up, I don't need to know everything, but I know I put a certain amount of time in that I can always bank on the time that I've already put in. So it's just like when you see actors who've been doing it a long time, they just show up and they'll say two words. You're like, oh, he's killing it. But you don't see all the hours, all the years, all the time that they have put in before they got to this moment. They're bringing all that with them. And that's the same way that we, we do when we bring all the doubt over the years, all the worry over the years, all the, the self-sabotage over the years. When you show up to your, your breakthrough, you're bringing that thing with you. And that's what I love about this podcast is because when you're constantly chipping away at that stone, you're breaking those things off of you so that you can come fully yourself. And that's lighter, lighter, lighter that you can move and you're fully, you're, you're fully yourself in that moment. You're present in that moment. That's why I was like, yo, I know I can see you like, oh yeah, Aaron's doing this. Oh, he's on our show. Oh, Aaron just built this. Oh, he just, to me, it's like, of course he did. But sometimes when you're in it, you don't always see it like that. So I just want to encourage the people that are listening uh, as we joy in my brother's story that you may be that person that's looking to have your art displayed somewhere. You may be desiring to be at Nike or, or somewhere else of your choice. And you may be at a point where you're like, can I make it? Is it for me? No one believes in me. Um, I'm a fish out of water. I, I moved all the way across the country to come somewhere. And you may be feeling like, I don't know. But you have to chip away at that I don't know. Because it's in you. To be honest with, with you, Aaron, Tom Sachs was in you. It just took you getting the shoe, wearing it, doing those things on your own to pull it out of you. But he's always been there. And the biggest illusion that we have as people, we think things are outside of us. They're not. Your wife, Aaron, was not outside of you when you met her. She was in you. You had to get to the point to make some decisions that I want my wife, right? I want to be married. Once you were, were solid on those decisions and that intention, 
then boom, she pops up. But we see her outside of ourselves. So we think that, oh, I met her outside of me. No, you just pulled her out of you. You know what I mean? This is a good, this, this is a good thing. Scripture in the Bible that I love, and I don't know it offhand, but I just know it. And I'm going to paraphrase it. It was saying that the Lord will wash the church and present the church back to himself. So as you washing yourself, as you say, you know what, man, I want my wife. You know what? I want, I, I'm done, you know, going to bars and dating these women and doing this. I want something more. You're washing yourself. And then the thing pops outside of you. You know what I mean? That's like, this is like faith, Aaron. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. It's there the whole time. But you have to make those steps in order for it to appear. So Aaron has always been an artist before he even came into his mother's womb. He was an artist. But things happen in college, in childhood, and whatever, that knocked Aaron back, that put that rock around Aaron's heart and mind, that he had to get to a place that he would chop at that stone mm. and be like, oh, he's always been this thing. Just like they said, oh, that guy, whatever that guy that's yelling at the games, he's <laughs> going to be something in life. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of times what's great about having good people around you is that they're able to see you in a way that you might not be able to, to see yourself. But the goal is to get like Michael Jordan in his prime where he can see that, yeah, I'm shooting the shot. I may be around Larry Bird. I may be around Magic Johnson. I may be around Charles Barkley, Clyde the Glide, but I'm shooting the last shot. Because you know that you know that you know. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And that's what's beautiful about your story. You know what I mean? And everything that is going on with the both of us and how we're talking about it as we're on our way. Because if you listen to the first podcast to now, well, I mean, what episode is this? This is 52 or 53. We just, yeah, 52, 53. Okay, so 52, 53. How many years we've been doing this now? This is year three. This is year three. So from the first episode to about 52 or 53 episodes, oh man, we leap bounds. You know, I'm on my, this is what, we're in the year 2021, right? Yep. Yeah, we just moving into the second half of the year, right? Pretty Absolutely. much. Absolutely, yeah. This is my third movie. About fifth TV show. This year. This year. And the year is not even over. Six months, three movies, five TV shows. Six months, yeah. And six Congra months. Congratulations. I the glory, you know? <laughs> but this is what we talked about. You know, even like I was telling you before we got online, I was like, bro, you know, man, I'm like, yo, this is, this is going down. I mean, I'm like a comedian. I'm hitting different states, you know, doing my thing. And then I'm shit backed out. And you said to me, well, this is what you pray for. And just by you saying that gave me the energy that I needed to push into the end of the year. Because yeah, remember you was on that ground wheel saying, God, you got to do something. Well, now you living in it. 
And I remember Aaron, this young lady named Flo, about six years ago. She had, uh, I think the wife's coming out. Oh, you come on in. Oh, they can't, no, no one can see you. Okay. About six years ago, she was like, ah, I prophesied Amos 9 and 13, that things will happen so fast for you, Will, that your head will swim, that you won't be able to keep up. It will be like wine coming down from the hills, overflowing blessings on blessings on blessings. Then I looked up and I'm like, yo, it's happening right now. I, I can't keep up. I can't even try. You know what I'm saying? To the point where I'm like, you know, and I'm getting calls from people like, hey, are you? I'm not. You know, I, I would love to, but, but you can't even keep up. But this is someone seeing it that was already within me. It's manifesting, you know, now outside of us. But I'm here to tell somebody that, listen, that dream that you want to do is in you. That marriage that you want is in you. That career that you desire is in you. But you must keep chipping away at the stone. As my good friend Aaron would say all the time. Give them the analogy, Aaron, when you talked about the doubt coming onto the window. I love that. You got to keep washing the window off. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> the doubt brings more mud on the window. And now you got to go back and wash it. That analogy was so good to me because it, it goes right with what we're talking about. The analogy is the vision for your future mm -hmm. is behind glass. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the doubt that is in your mind will cloud that glass and you have to use action and through effort but to clean it off. And you have to be consistent and it has to be daily and it has to be constant. And eventually you'll be able to wipe the window clear and you'll be able to see your destiny through all of your doubts and through all of your fears and they'll all be you know, wiped away. But the minute that you take a break from the action and whatever action means to you, because even in rest, you're taking action towards building the better version of yourself, mm -hmm. right? But, but when you stop taking action towards it, then your doubts start to flood back in and they start to cloudy up the mirror or the wall, or the, I'm sorry, the, the window again. And you can't see what your intentions are. You can't see what the vision is for your future. Uh, is that, I, I, well, I think that was a few episodes no, back. No, but no, you know what's so deep about that? Because you mentioned the window. And the word says that your eyes are the windows to your soul. So if your window, your eyes are not seeing right or it's muddy, yes. you're never going to be able to see the vision for your life. The vision is there. Aaron is an artist. But if the windows of his eyes are saying, no, you're not. No one, no one, no one's going to uh, pick up your art. What are you doing? You know what I mean? Whatever, the, whatever it may be that has the mud, you know what I'm saying? Self-doubt, sabotage. You know, some people it's drugs, some people's cigarettes, some people's, you know, it's a bunch of different things. Uh, you know, broken relationships, broken heart, grief, uh, bitterness. It could be things like that, that, that now they have what they did as Aaron has on these sunshades. 
Imagine that he has on 10 and they're all dark. And they say, Aaron, what do you see for yourself? It's going to be very hard for Aaron to see. I don't know until you start to remove the glasses. And this is what this podcast is doing. It's lifting the veil. It's lifting the glasses so that you can see that, yeah, you can do it. Look where we were at episode one to now. We haven't even got to 100 episodes. We haven't even finished the year yet. And I think about when you talk about the vision, it's also what you echo out of your mouth. Tells you what's in your heart. So when I'm saying I'm a movie star, that's what I'm seeing. So now as I'm starting to do these movies, it's all lifting up. And it's like, yeah, of course. You know what I mean? Of course, I'm a movie star. Of course, there's an artist. It's of course. But you have to see it. 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 You have to get around people uh, to help you see it. And if you don't have anybody to help you see it at the present time and moment, you have your journal. But you have to see it. You have to know it. And that's what Aaron is saying about action. When nobody's looking. Chipping away. Sometimes when I'm, I got my big old water bottle when I'm going to work out in the morning and I'm walking before the workout, I know it's going to hurt. You know, I know I don't feel like doing it all the time, but each step is moving forward. What you talked about endurance and line drawing. You're constantly moving forward. The earth is constantly rotating in space on a globe rotating around. When I'm at that gym, when I'm with this water, I'm constantly moving forward, moving forward. I'm getting there. Sometimes you just have to make that step, each step, one foot falling in front of the other. And this is for somebody who's listening and saying, well, well, I hear you guys. I, I feel good. I'm inspired. I'm so happy for you and Aaron. I'm glad that the career is taking off for the both of you. I mean, great, kudos to you guys, but I still don't understand what I need to do to move forward. And what I would say to that person is you have to keep walking. You have to keep walking, it's that simple. The time that you say, I don't know what I need to do, now you put, you're not walking forward, you're not moving forward. Because there's someone on that path that will be the solution to your problem, the answer to your question. But the time that you stop moving forward, if you don't do that thing, Aaron, with the, with the, uh, the, the shoe, then time doesn't appear. There's no reason for time to come into your space. But you kept moving forward. And this is what our listeners have to do. On this podcast, we're raising millionaires, billionaires, artists, creators, people who want to change the world. But the key, like the stone cutter, he's constantly hitting the stone. He's constantly in motion moving forward. And Aaron mentioned rest. Just because you're resting doesn't mean you're not doing anything. You know, he may have been at it for, or she may have been at it for 12 hours. Hands are bleeding. I have to put it down for a second, you know. Ice up, you know, put some cream on or whatever. And then you 
you're back at it. Because eventually, a diamond is going to come out of that rock, and that diamond is you. I know we said a lot, but. Stonecutters podcast. We out. <laughs>